I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to another exciting episode of A Squared Circle. Wrestling Podcast. Wrestling's best podcast. Premier. Premier podcast. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you say my opinion after what you say, you can say what you, you want. Say you want. <laughs> say what you want. In my opinion. So you see, I just said in my opinion after that statement I made. Yep. And therefore, it was correct because it was in my opinion. Mm, correct, wrong word. Accepted. Well, acceptable. No, but you can't argue with my opinion. No. So I said opinions are like, you know what? We've all got one. Yeah. I don't know. That's a wrestling. Who said that? I don't know. Someone in the po- uh, someone in a do- beyond the mat, maybe or something. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like something Jim Cornette would say, wouldn't it? Yeah, possibly. But like he calls. Uh, I remember the one you know the Cornette says where he's like talks about who's I can't remember. He's slagging off maybe Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Okay. He said they're like garbage, and that stinks when it gets old too. Something like that. Oh, when he did those shoot interviews on on, on Raw. Monday, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. For wars out, so whatever. Yeah. Um, so, the number one podcast in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. The A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast is back um, with a vengeance. We had a hell of a, a week last week, didn't we, Andy? Cool. Wasn't it exciting? Yeah. Very good. I hope everyone at home enjoyed it as much as we did. Absolutely. A fascinating uh, take from uh, Martin Goldsmith, who told us all about the WWF years. Yeah. Um, and the Hulkster. And the Hulkster, yeah. Uh, and Degenerate X. Yeah. But we're not finished yet, we're not, we? Because that's a, that's the good news, isn't it? Because uh, we have a second part of the interview, which is coming up in a in just a little while. Obviously, you're still going to get the same fun game and frolics that you always get with the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. So do do not fear. Some people might be going, "Oh, God's sake!" Well, I was going to say, yeah, we yeah. talked. I think we talked a bit long to earlier last week because I think it's half a, an hour. The podcast is a podcast. Do you know what I mean? To keep the integrity of the podcast, we need to do our thing. Okay. We need to we need to stick with what brought us to the dance. Sure. Okay. okay. Let's stay true to ourselves. Let's not deviate from the script. All right. So we always like to talk about you know what we've done throughout the week. Well, have you been done much this week? Um. So Sunday. Oh, I just thought we've got that game we play now as well. Yeah. I haven't forgotten. Um. Uh. Sunday, I uh had a show at the London cockpit. You were there. I was there. You were, I know you were very sulking that you had to commentate with me again. An am, an amateur. Mm. 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 You did all right then, mate. Well done. Thanks for helping me through. <laughs> yeah. It's like, have you seen that? What is it? Paul Heyman talks about being on Raw, the first night on Raw, and Jim Ross looks at him and said, just follow me, kid. You'll be just fine. I did it, yeah. And I did, and I was. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that, anyway. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks very much. Mate. Yeah. I, I guess I'll be welcoming you again this Sunday. You will, unfortunately, actually. Yeah. Um, Due to scheduling, we couldn't get Kevin Kelly. Uh, That's a shame. We can get the flight back early enough for him. Um, he has to be. He has an early morning appointment in Japan. Uh. Um, so, um, unfortunately, we could get him a flight back on that day, but not early enough. Not early enough. Well, so as a result, you have to make do with me. Yeah, you're back in the hot seat. So cool. Yeah, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. We're trying to get a job back, I. Yeah, trying to get a job that I gave <laughs> yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, 
Well, we look forward to that. Sunday so was good, though, wasn't it? was a good show. Hell of a show. It really was, yeah. Yeah, like sometimes I said to you, and I said, sometimes you come out of some shows, you're like, oh, that was okay. I mean, it's never rubbish, don't get me wrong, but sometimes you're like, oh, that was a good one, or that one was okay, or that one was really good. But actually, I thought Sunday, I don't think I've ever said these words before, I thought that was actually your best cockpit show you've ever put on. Um, perhaps, yeah. I mean, there's been I good matches, but there's always been well, a few, like... A lot of, uh, I, think it was, I think it flowed very well. I think that's... Uh, yeah, thanks for putting that tape measure down. I just realised that's going to definitely... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Show, Stop yeah. fidgeting, yeah. You have issues, don't you? Mm. Um, I'm a fidget. Uh, so, yeah, I think that... Oh, speaking of... And you've just dropped your phone. Just dropped my phone. So, there you go. Pay uh, attention uh, to the task at hand, please. It's <laughs> <laughs> rubbish at multitasking, but... Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, good variation, good flow on, on the show. I think, uh, you know, there's a few... You know, we had the, obviously the great uh, MK McKinnon versus David Starr match. I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyone listening to the podcast will know I like that word a lot. Fantastic. Fantastic. Match. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people say absolutely on podcasts. I don't yeah, know. We do it. We yeah. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Fantastic match. Absolutely fantastic match. Um, Zoe Lucas and Bobby so Tyler did great. Great match, didn't they? Mm. Um, and we had. Uh, do you know who I really like? Go on. The gnarly neon explosion. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Cassius. Yeah. And Chuck Mambo. Sure, well done. They're great. I just think they're real good characters. A lot of fun. Yeah, they are. Um, and d- again, just that, that different dynamic to the show. Of course, we saw Rishi Ghosh stand up to the Great Okan, which was well, he's, gonna, he's going to regret that. He's going to regret that come Sunday. Well, well, we'll find out about that, won't we? Because you're, we know that you're a, a running buddy of the, the Great Okan. Yeah, we? just went for some lunch. Yeah. He yeah. devoured everything. Dis- it was uh, almost dis- embarrassing. Discussing strategy, were you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know all about Rishi, so there you go. Yeah. Helped him out. Using Google Translate to get you through the, the, the whole conversation. Uh, Great O'Khan, although he is, a, you know, a, a monster, he um, his English is improving. So I don't think he'll ever be fluent. Far from it. But, you know... Google Translate, like you say, comes Let's in just the, say comes he's in very handy. He's a lot better at speaking English than... Uh, than I am Japanese. Yeah. 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 Um... So, uh, yeah, so that show happened on Sunday. That was a good show, real good show. I loved it. Liked it a lot. Jody Fleisch versus El Fantasmo. Do you know what I think helped the show? What? Seven matches um, instead of eight. It normally is seven matches, though, Andy. Yeah, but there's plenty of times. Every for now and again, it's Plenty of matches. times there's been eight. Yeah. Because I just, you know. I You're like the P.T. Staniforth of promoting. I remember no, P.T. Staniforth. Some people put on like <laughs> 10, 11 matches. No, P.T. Staniforth used to put on like 15. And I'd be like, 15 well, I matches? Well, I did that at the TV tape. It was a needs match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, all right. And they weren't long matches. But, yeah, his thing was like, well, we're giving everyone value for money. It's like, not if it's shit. I had to swear for em- point of emphasis. And just to, <laughs> yeah, just to reiterate, <laughs> his shows were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for anyone who uh, ever had the pleasure of watching one. Yeah. I wonder if he's or still being on around. one. Yeah. Yeah. I d- just a quick story about him. <coughs> yeah. The first, I did a show, I, d- I met him, I've, I probably only met him once, right? So I did a show for Revolution British Wrestling, RBW. Not oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, you and Adam Mumford. Not, not to be confused with Revolution Pro Wrestling. Yep. Um, and uh, this was, oh, would you even be able to put a year date on it? Well, I don't know what it was. So, well, RBW was like 2004, 2005. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, so, uh, I, it was a charity show. I was told it was a charity show. Well, the one that they always disguise as a charity show because they think that's going to bring the punters in. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't, um, so I was like, well, I can do it 
because I was working for the RBW at the time. I could do it, but you still need to cover my expenses, obviously, because you know I can't have it cost me money. Yeah. To do, which I think was fair enough, and mm-hmm. I was like working for them regularly. Oh yeah, the uh, charity shows are also ploys just to get the wrestlers to do yeah, it for right. free. But all the wrestlers got there, and uh, they hadn't been told it was a charity show, and they weren't getting paid. Really? <laughs> yeah. And the long, long and short, of it, I don't know who wound up getting paid and who didn't get paid, but what I do know is that they wound up um, essentially losing money. So there was like literally no one there. It was for like I don't think it was for his nan or something. Um, but oh, there that was, rings a bell, yeah. There was, there was no one there. Um, was so I there? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, I remember Ross Jordan was there, RJ Singh. He's the only person I can remember being there. Okay. Um, Anton Green, maybe. Mm-hmm. Green Machine. Yep. Um, it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Funny story about him is he ordered some chunks from High Spots with It's His Go Time. It, it's Go Time was like his slogan on the back of his shorts. They sent him what? So he had like traffic lights on the back of his shorts, and it was a red circle. And he said, "Well, it's go time. I don't want a red circle. I want a green circle." <laughs> and your name's Anton Green. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Yeah, there you go. So, and and for the longest time ever, those it's go time with the red circle was still on High Spots websites for sale. Wow, because yeah. he returned them. He must have returned yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. No one got like. So that was just a just a, a little piece and a full story on the side. Um. I remember he was wearing a WCW Nitro denim jacket. Oh, but you were jealous about that. I was a little bit jealous. Do you remember that cool NWO denim jacket I had? Yeah. Sloney gave it to me. So what happened to that? Um, Last time I remember seeing it was, I think, me and... In your hands as you were passing it to someone in exchange for (laughs) cash? No, I never sold it. I always kept it because it was cool. Um, Last time I saw it, I'd brought an NWO DVD and there's a picture on my Twitter of me wearing it. Yeah, it was pretty Perfect cool though. Occasions like that, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because the NWO was on the logo on the on the telly. So maybe they're like, doing that reunion thing, Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. Yeah. So maybe you could tweet the Hulkster. Yeah, get like, a good retweet out of that, couldn't I? P.S. My mate Martin Goldsmith says hi. Oh yeah, cool. Double retweets. I definitely get one from Martin. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I will. Um. So uh, yeah, we've deviated well, completely. So uh, weekend. Uh, oh. Saturday, I watched the Conor McGregor fight. Oh, I knew you'd bring this up. Yep. It was really good. So, uh, we were having a back and forth uh, discussion about UFC, weren't we? When? On Saturday daytime. Oh, okay. It was fake. Off air. Fake. Yeah. No, no I, I, um, I, I don't think it's fake. I don't think the results are predetermined like, like anything else we might know. But um, I do think there's a big element of, well, just, just theatrics and show, you know, so like... You- Obviously, but you were saying that with your arms crossed, being really angry. I don't know if you just, it was a bad day for you. On the I just wasn't thing. interested, that's all. But like, I was just like, yeah, but... You're like, why aren't you even interested? I was no, like, No, I wasn't like, why aren't you even interested? I was I was explaining to you that um, when you were saying all the negatives you came up with... Yeah. Well, it's fake. I was like, well, so is pro wrestling, right? But it doesn't stop you enjoying that, does it? Yeah, no, I said, but I said, this is what I said. I said, you know, Conor McGregor sat there going... Oh, I'm going to get you in the cage, and I'm going to beat you, and that's going to be the end of that. And everyone's like... That, was it? Eh? It wasn't the end of that. Well, but that's everyone's getting so, oh my God, oh the, wow, that's so amazing. I said, that's what Bret Hart was doing 25 years ago. Obviously. There's, there's nothing, there's no point. Yes, it was. and that's. I that's think my point is just like, wrestling's better. Well, it's not though, is it? Because wrestling's not doing that now. So that, the point I'm making... In my opinion... In wrestling's my, better. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's your End opinion. of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, 
the the point I'm making is yes, wrestling was doing that great years and years ago, but somewhere along the way, it kind of lost its way, didn't it? Mm. And like, and I encounter a lot of wrestling fans and a lot of people who, um, within the business, who like wrestling but have a. Is I always find it ironic, and I'm not necessarily categorizing you in this category although on saturday you certainly came across as you're in this category but i always find it really weird when wrestling people who are involved in the wrestling industry or people who have um people who are um uh, fans of wrestling when they have a closed mind to any other genre of entertainment because we as wrestling fans have all experienced sports or entertainment um we as wrestling fans have all experienced the person who's just like that wrestling is rubbish it's fake you know yeah. not so, um, so to me I think that UFC and I, I kind of tried to explain to people within wrestling like you know about how UFC came to be and, and where its strengths lies and obviously um, one of the things that they will tell you when when Zufa when Dana White and the Fatitas took over the company um, they looked at elements of boxing and elements of professional wrestling and they took the best bits from that, then added their own elements as well. Yeah. So that's why you will see a like crossover. A, like a fence around the ring. Well, they added that element. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But like, um, changed the shape of the ring, you know. But um, but so that, so you will see fights built up in a pro wrestling manner a lot of times, um, and. Yeah, so, you know, there's no coincidence that there is elements of professional wrestling, which is also why a lot of um, a lot of people, a lot of professional wrestling fans like mixed martial arts. Like, um, again, the, the UFC became a thing in the United States, really, because Vince McMahon allowed it to be put on after Monday Night Raw on Spike. Yeah. When the Ultimate Fighter came on. And, like, there was a, that big section of wrestling fans who kept watching after Raw... And they've kind of all grown up and become essentially MMA fans. Yeah. Um, whereas I think wrestling is, I don't know, like to me, again, in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wrestling, WWE, at the moment, isn't firing on all cylinders. No, you know? okay. I, again, I get the argument, they're making more money than they've ever made before. That's totally cool. But that doesn't necessarily mean that in-ring products the best at the moment. Um, and they've got some of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment. Yeah. Which is kind of the irony of it. Well, I think that's more telling more than anything. Are they really the best wrestlers in the world? Well, they are, they're much more entertaining outside of there. You know, I think it's more about the environment they're in. Sure. Because like, and I and like even you yourself, like we're big WWE fans. We've we've voiced it time and time again. You know, um, and like I will never stop watching WWE. You know, no matter how many times they try to shut, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I won't. I'll always be a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. You know, first and foremost. Um, and being a wrestling fan means watching WWE. But, and I think you're the same, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but we will both openly admit how much. You know, we both have access. We to don't Monday watch it. <laughs> yeah. We both have access to SmackDown. We both have the WWE Network. Yeah, my Tuesday mornings was look at me looking on my Twitter. See, like not not my timeline, the newsy bit. You know, yeah. the one with the circle. I guess yeah. the search. See what headlines are. See what the headlines are, and I'll go downstairs if I beat Finley to the telly, and I'll I'll, I'll watch the bits are important. Yeah, my Sky. So I watched this week. I watched you know the DX comeback and Bobby Lashley turned heel, and what else happened? A few other bits and pieces, but yeah, do you know what I mean? It was, it was an episode that I was didn't watch all the way through, but it was an episode that enough that I was like, oh, I'll check that out. I'll check that out. I'll check that out. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's hard, isn't it? Like yeah, it, and like. 
I don't know. Like so, so to me, like I think what UFC's done brilliantly, bringing it back round to the, the point of watching the Conor McGregor fight, which is kind of interesting because I remember like a couple of weeks ago I was talking about the Anthony Joshua fight and yes. like how they've done a great job of kind of, you know, building him up into a brand in himself. Um, and I think what what that UFC fight demonstrated is good storytelling will gain public interest. Sure. And like, you know, there was and sure there was a lot of reality that they worked with, but like, you know. The one thing that pro wrestling has over um, over MMA is they get to determine who wins and loses. So, like, to me, like, you, you could have had Habib win the fight if it was a wrestling thing, but it certainly wouldn't have been as decisive as it was because he kind of blitzed Connor. You know, that's their biggest. That's UFC's biggest star got blitzed. Yeah. You know? Well, I'd, I'd kind of argue. You know, again, there's no point talking about the fight with you, is there? No. Um, but I'd argue, like, in the third round, I think Connor won the third round, which would be the only man to have won a round against Habib in his UFC career. And I thought the, f- the fight was going to turn into Connor's favour after that third round. I think the first round, I think Connor would have been happy with it because he didn't expand too much energy. It, like, although he lost the round, he didn't expand too much energy. But in the second round, he just got destroyed. Um, and uh, third round, I think he came back and won the round. Fourth round, obviously. He lost, tapped out. But that's not the finish you'd want if you were a wrestling promoter. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, and, and obviously all the controversy afterwards kept the interest <laughs> alive, right? And everyone was, you know, tweeting, saying like, you know, tweeting pictures. And I, I retweeted one, I think what Ryan Satin put out, which was like the Royal Rumble, uh, Battle Royal, WrestleMania Battle Royal. And it's like the UFC, uh, end of oh, the UFC okay. looks like this. And it's like all the wrestlers in the ring going crazy. Um, yeah. I noticed you uh, tagged me in Steve Austin's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was see you with your arms crossed. Yeah, yeah. smug look on your face. Mm. Oh, a few unknowns like th- uh, like that tweet as oh. well. People I don't even know. Something we haven't discussed on the podcast, which Go I on. think is just interesting. Yeah. Right. Which shows you how wrestling's not over <laughs> in the world, right? So like wrestling, like wrestling is over to its niche. Right? Okay. And I'd always like to think like, oh, you know, WWE is kind of mainstream, but it's not. Right, I tweeted about X Factor. I tweeted about Louis Tomlinson. Yeah, right? and I said something along the lines of like, uh, "Louis Tomlinson seems like a lovely lad. I'd like to be his mate one day, or something like that." Because mm-hmm. he just seems like a, you know, a guy. You fancy him? Okay, you watch X understand. Factor, and if yep. I did, what would be wrong with that? Nothing. I didn't say there was. Well, the look on your face suggested otherwise. <laughs> That's not true so, or accurate. Um, you're gonna get in trouble. In my opinion. <laughs> so, um. He just comes across as a lovely bloke. Yeah. You know, if you watch an episode of X Factor, how can you not like him? Sure. You know what I mean, like he's just a lovely guy, and he's 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 rooting for people to be successful. Yeah, he's like, he's, he is nice. He's guy, devastated he? when they fail. Yeah. And he shows real emotions. Mm. Like, Did you see guy. the uh, the audition where his mate Tom was on it, and it was someone who. Tom was on the 2010 series. Yes, I did, yeah. And he was like, all right, Tom. And yeah. Tom's like, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't going to be in One Direction, yeah, but I, I could have been. been in One Direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but he, he wasn't very good. Well, no, he I wasn't very good. He wasn't, mm, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't hit a home run. I'm back Let's in put it that Anthony way. Russell, who's my favourite. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Let me pick one out because I've got a couple of favourites as well. Um, Some of the girls are very good as well. yeah. Uh, God, no, I can't think, actually, who I'd, who I'd like to Oh, win. I thought you was good. That group. Ah, Joe, um, who was good? That blonde girl. Um, the yeah, one who got the Jesse buzzer. Buttons, yeah. She was actually really... Yeah, because, well, I watch... X, we won't talk about this long, I promise. But I watch X Factor, and sometimes I go to my wife, is he good or not? I can't really tell. <laughs> and 
and and actually, she when she came on and she started rapping, I was like, "Ooh, this isn't very good." But then she started singing a bit more, and I was like, "Oh no, she's actually really good." I, I, it hit me how good she was, and then when Simon gave her the buzzer, and yeah, that's drama. That is the, when I don't know if you remember, remember the way Ed did it. It was like, "I can't give you a seat," and then this poor girl's mum's been Simon, no, and then of course he walked over and hit that buzzer. Oh, it's just fake. That's your attitude about UFC. Well, there was a fake bit in X Factor. There's a lot of fake bits in X Factor. Yeah. But who cares? Who cares? It's entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to say when Robbie Williams is like, oh, you can, you, you, you and you could sing that song and, and then they sing this song. And a tag team match. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that, yeah. 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 They sang The Greatest Showman and they both knew exactly what lines to sing. And yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, unless it's just pure editing, maybe they let them do it again or whatever. I don't know. Um, and like when they yeah. ask people, like, oh, sing another song. And they're like, have you got that one? Have you got that one? Yeah, 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 we've got that one. We've got that yeah. one, that song. I There's assume they'd have a database of nearly every song anyway, so what's iTunes. the point even asking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, put up an instrumental version from YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, enough X Factor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's our lives, folks. Yeah. Reality TV, fighting, yeah. pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything else to add? Well, I, I, I did, I've had, the weekend was like a good damn bad day. Well, like my Friday was particularly bad and my Monday was particularly good. So Friday, uh, I took my daughter, who's 30 months old, to the swings, and she sat in the swing, <laughs> and uh, and I literally lunged forward to take her out the swing. Mummy was there as well, luckily, and uh, and I went to take out the swing. I pulled a, pulled my back really badly, like really bad. I didn't. You were walking around. Like I wasn't an old even lifted. I hadn't even lifted her. I hadn't even touched her. I just lunged forward to pick her up in my arms, and that was it. Pulled all my back, and uh, I still made it to training Saturday, Sunday, and I went to the show. Um, but yeah, Hero. It's, it's still bothering me now. Like I, was laughing, weren't they? I'm walking kind of like, um, you know, a 70 year old woman that's not done, or man, you're walking, uh, like, you're walking like who st- hasn't done exercise ever. You're walking like Stu Hart at the end of Wrestling With Shadows, walking with Brett. Yeah, like a h- bit hunched like that, yeah. Um, you know, you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's right at the end of the film, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. A bit like, well, not quite as, you know. No, exactly like that. <laughs> exactly like that, but I'm feeling a bit better now. Um, and so that was my Friday, and then I swear someone was trying to rip me off on eBay um, over the weekend. Well, last it's been going on for a few weeks now. So this is just a shout out to anyone that buys anything on eBay. Don't try and rip people off. Don't ri- don't think that people are making millions of pounds because they're probably not. All right. Yeah, and that one item you rip them off on is probably gonna then equate to free items. Well, yeah, like you need to kind of make that money back. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this guy in France who bought something from me, and. Uh, and it, it, I don't know, I just smelt a rat straight away, like almost because he, he asked for something that wasn't even in it and just expected me to send it for nothing. And it was a bit strange anyway. He gets my parcel, I posted, and he says he sends me a message almost immediately before he'd even got to him, saying, oh, actually, my son's decided he doesn't want this, we're going to post it back to you. So being a good seller, I was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll have to eat the cost of um, posting it to him because it's quite a big parcel, it's about 15 quid. And... Um, I said, yeah, send it back to me. If you're not happy, please send it back. So he sends it back. He says it. He says to me, oh, I've posted it back. Um, I asked for a tracking number. Couldn't give me one. Um, it couldn't tell me where he'd posted it to. And he speaks fluent English. This isn't like a lost in translation thing. The guy, he's, despite the fact he lived in France, he was probably actually English. And um, so anyway, he sat there. He starts getting a bit more aggressive on the message going, where's my refund? Where's my refund? And then uh, so he, he takes a claim up with PayPal. Um, you know, that I haven't refunded him. Like, well, you can't have it back. It's 100 quid's worth of stuff. And um, I said, we can't have it back until I've got my parcel back, which is totally well within my rights, fair enough. Uh, Normally, it's not an issue when guys return it. It just turns up and that's the end of it. But this guy couldn't give me a tracking number and couldn't tell me where it posted to. 
And I was and it, I was starting to get more and more agitated about it because hundred quid to make it a hundred quid back on things you're making three or four pound markup per item. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's twenty five items, twenty six items you've got to sell to make that hundred pound back. Uh, long story short, um, for once eBay was in my favour. Came through, yeah. And they said I got an email reminder on Monday and said. Um, have you received the parcel back yet? I said no. And also, he can't tell me where he posted it to or anything. So within two minutes, I then get a message from this guy in France saying, are you kidding me? I've, I'm have i not getting my refund. So I just I did reply. I said, listen, if it turns up, I will refund you privately. But for once, eBay came through on the side of the seller, which they don't... Well, I guess they do within reason. Yeah. But they tend to side like with the example, buyer. Like, for example, like we uh, had... This like for our Shop Pro Pro, we had one of the shop shirts because uh, I see all the emails and I get wound up when I see consistent emails like so obviously I don't deal with that but like uh, when I see the same problem keep coming up from the same person I'm like this needs to have been dealt with straight away yeah but someone's uh, I can't remember what was wrong with a shirt they had I, I don't know what was wrong with it but they um, they sent it back to get a refund okay I, I don't know if it was the wrong size or whatever they sent it back to get a refund and uh, it was recorded delivery. They sent it back, and it was signed for by someone in Portsmouth. Yep. But it they clearly sent it to the wrong address. They or something. To, yeah, they must have done because we haven't yeah. received the item. Yeah. Or, so or, or they've or they've left it with a with a neighbour or someone or someone. Well, we were at the office, so like we would have left it at the reception. Uh, you know? Okay. Like, yeah. So there's a, do you know what I mean? Like the receptionist that hasn't been walking around in a Cody Rhodes T-shirt. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. So like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So have you have they taken up a? Oh, he, a case? eBay was. It, was in their favour. Oh, it was, was it? Yeah. So you just lost Because it. obviously they've got a signed, something signed by someone, which yeah. wasn't me, mm-hmm. um, something signed by someone saying Portsmouth. Right. But, yeah. Who knows? Okay, well that's interesting really because eBay f- sided with me in exactly the same, th- exactly the same manner because this parcel, he's claiming has been signed for somewhere but like he can't tell me where is the point. So, um, yeah. so yeah, maybe maybe this bloke is just trying to, on, trying to rip me off for 100 quid and didn't. Oh, he so. failed. Yeah, so I'm glad eBay helped you out. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna block him as a as a buyer because I don't need that hassle anymore. You know, once bitten and all that. So there you go. That was my Friday I had a bad back day. Monday I had a good day because I wasn't ripped off for a hundred quid. So very thrilled. Um. Okay. So. Uh, oh, while I'm at it, just while we're on the subject, I'm gonna plug my toy shop, my eBay toy shop. Go for it. Because we talk about it briefly in the second part of this interview with Martin. And I didn't bring it up. And I don't really know why. I just didn't really pluck up the courage to tell him. But then, of course, he got in my car and saw a load of stuff anyway. So um, if you're looking for anything for uh, Christmas... He was, looking, he was like, did we have that in the storeroom? <laughs> yeah, he's like, where did you get that? Where did you get this Undertaker coffin? <laughs> and this all sorts. Um, so, yeah. And and if you do listen to podcasts and you want to go on my eBay store, uh, rockystoys.com, uh, R-O-C-K-Y-Z-T-O-Y-Z.com, and you listen to the podcast, and you want to get some Christmas presents, don't hesitate to drop me a message because I'll do a great deal as well. Um, as you're listening to the podcast. And Christmas is coming up, so. So, we have a uh, a new game we play. Yep. Before we get to the interview. Mm-hmm. And it is called... Andy and Andy's 30-week wrestling challenge. Dun. Right, go on then. What's week number two? I'm just struggling to find the, the list. Week number two. Favourite current female wrestler? Uh, Favourite current female? Ronda Rousey. 
You're just like, who's got the belt? Who <laughs> <got the> <laughs> well, she's the champion. Natalia. Who's related to British Bulldog? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Lucas. I don't know. Who's I said that Do you last have a week. Favorite? Do I have a favourite? Yeah, I think when I come off it, I'll be like, oh, oh, I should have said this. Um, yeah, Ronda Rousey. She does some sick moves. She does the armbar. Yep, and that twisty Samoan drop thing she does, that's quite cool. Um, who's my favourite female wrestler? Lita. No. She's coming back. She is. That's her music. Yep. Uh, who's your favourite female? Well, I don't have female wrestlers in New Japan, so you're going to struggle. <laughs> what? That was a joke. You stop tapping your phone. You're suggesting all I watch is New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's not true. Okay. So, uh, oh, it depends. <sighs> See, it's a hard one. Because I really like Sasha Banks, but she's not really doing much at the moment. Okay. Because um, I think she's like superstar. Yeah. Um, I think Asuka's been ruined. Nia checks. Nah. I'm trying to trying to think of a few. Nikki Bella, you like her? Oh, I like Nikki Bella. In <coughs> fact, I'm going to go with Nikki Bella. Okay. Right? And do you know why? Why? Right. Because she's single and ready to mingle. No. Okay. I like Nikki Bella because she radiates superstar. Sure. So, like, she's... I don't know how she managed to do it either. And I'm, it, maybe it's just because I watch Total Divas and I'm completely, like, <laughs> just swayed by Total Divas booking. Yeah. But um, she comes across as the big star of the women's division. Do you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. So like, obviously Ronda Rousey comes across as a huge star, but that's through achievements outside of pro wrestling. It's now like, oh, the outsider's the wrestler who's really good at wrestling. Yeah. And I think Ronda Rousey's been great in her matches. But yeah, Nikki Bella just cut, like, I don't know. I think maybe I have been suckered into the Total Divas. Mm. But like, uh, she comes across as like a real superstar. And for lack of a better term, she's like the John Cena of the women's division. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah she, she had that cool. long run with the belt, didn't she? Yeah. And like, uh, yeah. And great entrance music. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is, yeah. You can look, but, but you can't, can't touch. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that was quick, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, uh, and also, I think they're going to... Are they not wrestling each other at the Women's Pay Feud in a couple of weeks? They are, so we can see who... Yeah. We can see who's... Put some the, bets in. ...the better woman. Yeah. Yeah. Ronda Rousey. I think Ronda Rousey's going to win, yeah. Yeah. But it's because it's fake. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a r- if it was real, Ronda Rousey would win as well. Probably. Hmm. Mm. All right. Well, sit back, strap in, get some popcorn with your WWF big tin. Mm. What else we got? I'm leading to the interview now. I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. I know you are. But I just wanted to quick add. I've got the samples of the Revolution Pro Wrestling sportswear. Are you wearing one? Yeah. I'm wearing it now. Yeah. And I've been to the gym twice this week. Okay. Which is a Have big you got that gym up. vest? You promised me you, proper gym there vest. Is, there's muscle vests, yeah. Where? Well, you're looking. You're sat inside the office. Yeah. The storeroom's next door. Okay. So you've got a microphone cable, so you're not going to get next door to see it. Okay. So you're not, are you? No. Well, so, I'm looking forward to wrapping this up and then moving on. Well, we need to. We've been talking for half an hour already. People yeah. People tuned in for an interview. But like I say, we stick by our integrity. We talk a lot of rubbish, but we talk a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Um, but the fact remains... Week two of this goal, and I've been to the gym twice, which is one more time than I went. Yeah, oh, of course, year. I've not barely been because of my back. Oh, that's on you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, 
Well, I'll have to pay the price. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, I forgot, I'm gonna, actually. Yeah. I'm going to hit my Christmas goal of going down a wayside, and it's all going to be thanks to this uh, wonderful new RevPro uh, sportswear, which is coming soon to shoprevpro.com. So I complimented you on it before I even knew what it was. I was oh, like, oh, that's go. quite a nice t-shirt. Okay, it's bit of, of colour. Part of a range. Bright blue. It's nice. Part of a range. And I've yeah. replaced it with a black hoodie. Yeah, Ugh, typical. Um, but yeah. All right, anyway. let's get to it. Come on. I, I want to hear the interview again. Part two. Part two of the interview, yeah. Interview. I listened to part one three times. Oh, good. Yeah. Part two of our interview with Martin Goldsmith. So enjoy everybody and tell a friend and like, rate, review and all that jazz. And we'll talk to you a bit at the other end, but only for like a minute because, you know. We've, we've gone, gone on. Like You're already going on. Let's minutes. go. All right. Let's go. Ding, ding. So um, I had suddenly had a call completely out of the blue from Jeff Jarrett who started to tell me about... Uh, by the way, um, just going back to the... There was no indie scene over here. The It wasn't... You know, there was only one company in the world. I mean, as far as wrestling in this country, maybe there was 100 people turn up in some local hall. Right, There yeah. was no structure. There was no scene whatsoever. Jeff Jarrett called me. But there was one, there was one period when um, uh, Jimmy Hart suddenly... Jimmy's going to have the greatest record wrestling company the world's ever known. I'm going to take everything. We're going to do the biggest thing the world's ever known, and we're going to want you to come out here and see it. So I went out to um, went out to uh, a studio somewhere in, in uh, Miami, and the guys were creating a TV program, and they, he, he had the Hulkster. Um, he had um, all the kind of main guys that we knew, making a pilot television and um he created this program was it n was it nwa uh, or xwf xwf sorry yeah. xwf i've still got the original dvds here somewhere yeah, you showed yeah. us you might have all oh, right it's probably over there whatever um and this is going to be the greatest thing you've ever known in the world we've got the holster behind us and we got this one we got and we're gonna we're gonna conquer the world you know, and actually the product, when I saw it, um, it was good. You know, it was a good, it was a good product. And they, they produced uh, a half a dozen uh, DVDs. And uh, this is it. We're going to take the world on. Unfortunately, it only lasted about one. Well, I don't even think he even got viewing. Did he yeah, get like, TV? No, and I remember like a lot of the guys, like they had Mr. Perfect on, didn't they? And he got signed back to... Yeah, WWF took a lot of the guys back, I think, like, was to put yeah, a halt on it. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, whether, whether it was through Vince Clever and his team, very cleverly, but anyway, it didn't work. It yeah. did not work. So, because uh, I thought this, this is going to be the greatest thing. This is going to be the next that's going to take over from WWF. I didn't, I didn't get myself involved with WCW, or um, although we did speak to the original, I think Ted Turner, who was a, the biggest owner of television stations in America, he, he backed um, WCW in their early days. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Right. Ted Turner was like the you know, equivalent of uh, the biggest guy in the world in those days. And he cr he put a huge amount of money into WCW. Uh, and they spent a couple of years trying to get inroads into the world wrestling entertainment uh, space, but it didn't work. Uh, we all know the various stories and rumours and all that kind of stuff that went on. There was another company, I think, called NWA, I believe, that 
um, kind of came out, fell by the wayside. Yeah, they, they kind of they, they were almost like the precursor to WCW. Oh, yeah. were they? NWA, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but the only one I do, obviously, the one I do remember was the Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart. So one. did he? Did, was it, was he wanting you to promote shows uh, within the United Kingdom, oh, yeah. or was he just wanting you to do merchandise or everything? Both? Everything, you know. And, and did you? Were you taking that seriously, or did, no? Were you absolutely. I mean, anybody who got all those guys together and made, um, put them into in the studio and made all that DVD stuff uh, had to be serious, you know. But, uh, but unfortunately, you know, either the backing wasn't there, or the guys suddenly uh, got the, you know, got the. I'm not sure whether the Hulkster was he still signed up to WWE. At uh, the no, time? they signed him shortly after, I believe. Oh, so right. I think it was after they'd taped it, but before. Right. Would okay. that be right? Yeah, before there was any before DVDs, it, before yeah. it came out. Well, they yeah. probably, listen, Vince. Vince had the power. He was great at sabotaging these ideas, you know. Because I remember that time when he suddenly. He wanted to be owner of uh, uh, football league, didn't he? He's X. doing that again. Yes. Yeah, yeah next year I, I think, or yeah. the year after. Quite amazing, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck. I suppose he can do whatever he likes. But uh, in those days, he had the, and he had a he had a, a supplement company, you know, yeah. bodybuilding supplement. Were you ever involved in distributing I, any of the supplements? No, or? I wasn't actually, but I do remember it. Icopro was it, is that what yeah. it was called? So did, did that disappear, or was it turned around by somebody else? Did it, it disappeared around the time of the steroid scandal? Didn't <laughs> yeah. It? yeah, like mid nineties. Yeah. Oh, right. So he had a he had a bodybuilding federation, and oh, Icopro right. was the uh, yeah. the the sponsor of the bodybuilding. It's quite strange actually about bodybuilding. Why that has never become a commercial business? I know there's these competitions around all the time, and there seems to be more bodybuilders now than ever. Yeah, true. Uh, but it's never become like. Uh, a real major um, event that people pay money to go and watch. I mean, the strongest man in the world, that happens once a once year, a year yeah. once a year, and that gets a big crowd. But I, I've always thought about body being, building being a much more commercial entity than it is. Yeah, I think, uh, Vince, Vince, well, yeah. Vince tried to sports entertainment it up, didn't he? So he had like a, he, he, had, like a, he had a robot. And and did he? Uh, yeah. You got yeah. a memory, wow. You got a memory, I can't remember. I've got too much time on my hands, that's the problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, so anyway, Jeff Jarrett rings me up. Um, and did you know Jeff from WWF? Well, or? he was there, you know, in the latter years, yeah. you know, when I, when I was around. I, 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 do re I did remember him. You know, but no, did, no personal relationship not, with not him? Not really, no. And uh, he just contacted me out, out of the blue and he told me about his family who his father i think was a uh, an operator in some of the territories somewhere and they set up this company and um they wanted to they wanted a tour they wanted the exposure in europe and then you know i i made a few inquiries i knew that he didn't have any kind of financial clout at all he was just like a small kind of operator who managed to get some TV exposure, and then a few weeks or a few months later, he suddenly rings me again and tells me about the Carter family and how you know Panda Energy, I think they were called, and how that they were uh, put a lot of money into the company and they've signed this one and signed that one and they want to conquer the world. You know, they had, as he said, and he's right, there has to be another company in the world. They can't just be one company monopolising that space we are going to be the companies going to take over and we um i i actually can't remember the the year now the very first date but anyway 
I went to um, I went to see them. We we had an arrangement again. I got the merchandising rights, the, the live event rights, the licensing, and um, we um, I I took the the concept to one of the biggest promoters in the in the in the country, a company called SJM, who promote major major artists in the rock business uh, they had no idea they had no idea about wrestling they knew nothing about it obviously they knew about world wrestling federation world wrestling entertainment and uh that's about it so they i went to them with a concept by then uh, i think um they'd already booked a date or two with um Alex Shane by any chance? Correct. Sorry, <laughs> they did. Uh, yeah, they. It did, was in Liverpool. Yeah, they did a Liverpool Olympia. Correct. And they did like a leisure centre in Brentford. Brentford. Yes. Oh, correct. Right. Okay. Right. Sorry about that. My mind had gone. Anyway, so uh, um, they had a, had an arrangement with Alex, uh, and um, uh, as you say, Liverpool Empire and Brentford Leisure Centre. So they they put the show on with Alex as their kind of front man and. And did you do merchandise for that, or was I that? I think we. I tell you the truth, I can't remember. I think we did. Yeah. I think we did. Yeah. But by then there was a buzz. There was a buzz, and they were negotiating with with uh, Sky TV for a television, um, which they got on a channel a company on a obscure channel. Was it called Challenge? Challenge or? TV. Challenge yeah. TV, which is still existent now. Yeah. But anyway, they. Um, I could see them. I went to Liverpool. I think we had the merchandising rights at the time, and, and for that gig in Brentford, and they want they could see the bigger picture. Of course, when I met um, Dixie, and uh, her husband Serge, Dixie was always you know the person in charge. Serge was kind of the merchandising part of that company. She had a lot of ambition. She was certainly not short of spending a lot of money whether it's her money or dad's money or whatever <laughs> it was it's irrelevant you know because she always stayed in the best hotels she always you know looked fantastic and she would always have a chauffeur to drive them around you know so i could see there was a lot of ambition there and i assume went into panda looked at panda energy you know could see what they were all about and uh so i then i went to um sjm presenting them with the idea um, we, you know, they could see the potential as well. So we booked ma major venues. Um, you know, I think the first, we went into the NIA. Normally, most, a lot of wrestling promotions went into the NEC. But I think we were in the NIA, which was part of, which was often used for athletics. It wasn't a, on the general rock and roll touring business, but it was in the centre of Birmingham. We... Uh, we did a, we put together a tour, you know, the usuals, uh, Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, Wembley, and I think there was one in Bournemouth, if I, if I correctly, which um, did very well. They were very, very excited. Merchandising again was good, you know, not in the level of WWF, but still... It was good. I can't. Perhaps you can tell me what year it was. Can you tell Probably me? 08. 08, 09? 2009, I'm I Stumped now. Maybe 2009. Yeah, yeah. okay, 2008, 2009. And um, basically, we we had uh, probably eight or nine years touring with um, 
TNA impact. And people used to say, what does TNA mean? I used to say tits and arse. And it's like <laughs> okay. So we had, we had a half a dozen really good years and we, we would sell Wembley, Wembley Arena, Birmingham, Manchester, then we'd do a few of the other dates and business was great. You know, by then they'd build up quite an audience on on Challenge. I think they were on another channel before Challenge. I um, yeah, I think they were. Bravo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the original, yeah. the original channel, the original channel was Bravo, which was yeah, over. and then that went under, didn't that's it? That's correct. Yeah. yeah, I think it might be no. Uh, yeah, I can't remember when they, and then they moved over. To yeah, the and Challenge was, a, I think, a bigger deal for them because obviously it was available for the first time correct. on Freeview, which gave correct. them more viewership than WWE Ab programming. Absolutely. And as far as Challenge was concerned, which was a ch company that still exists and it r exists on old game shows, you know. Yeah. This was a complete new world uh, within about two two or three months, it, uh, TNA was their biggest viewing, you know, mm. without any doubt, you know. And did, did when that when it went to Challenge, did you see an uprise in your, your merchandise? Oh, definitely, definitely. And the guy who ran Challenge, I can't remember his name, he was really pro. Well, he, he proved to Sky that having TNA Impact was going to build his, you know, the channel, because it yeah. kind of stood aside, because obviously uh, WWE are trying to scupper and that company get any bigger because they had a stranglehold and they still do on Sky TV. Yeah, absolutely, know. yeah. Uh, so they were trying to scupper it. That's why it ended up on that kind of uh, channel which had absolutely no relationship whatsoever to do with wrestling or sports, you know. Yeah. But it became very important for that, cha for that channel at the time. And in terms of like your merchandising strategy did you yeah. just essentially replicate what you did with the wwf or did you do things a little bit differently i don't think we did i mean it was more or less a similar i went to the licensees that i'd worked with before and most of them took it on uh there was a you know the figures there were calendars. so were you would you have been responsible for the action figure deal well what happened we did a deal with uh it was a there was a company it was an American company that had an office in, this, in uh, Ascot, that's right. Uh, and they, they, um, they took the head license into, from America and then they, op they had an office over here which they had a few other character merchandise and, thing, and they took that on. But we, we were responsible for anything else that went on, you know. And there was two years maybe maximum of retail ac activity it never really took off it got the space yeah and of course in those days we had a great we all had great outlets which was toys for us toys are us yeah and you know there was a massive area within those stores of wrestling merchandise you know we had the outlet and the Woolworths were uh, I think Woolworths were just dying at the time you know then, then they collapsed because again that was another major outlet um, <coughs> for character merchandising um the internet was at its infancy uh well no internet trading had established it was established but it was it was never kind of people were still suspicious i mean people still decided they, if they want to buy something they're going to a shop and see it yeah. in front of them you know that's that's what happened we you know i personally um i they they were they were Dixie, certainly like Dixie herself. She loved to be into the higher level because in America, 
you know, they were still struggling, really. They were kind of struggling for their audience. Yeah. They were struggling for their, uh, for their lives. Uh, but over here, I took them, I sold, I sold them into Belgium. I sold them to Germany. I sold them to Italy. And um, we did some dates in those countries. And Dublin, we did a couple of dates in Dublin. Uh, yeah, Dublin, that's right. Um, um, most of the promoters lost money into those in those territories but we over here I think Dublin we played we tried in a very large arena at the beginning it didn't work so we took them into a small venue out there which was known for boxing was that the national stadium the national yeah it was always a problem with that place because the promoter who took it on great guy called Noel he was uh, he was behind it he loved it he thought it was great could never get the venue because it's always been used for bingo <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> so instead of having like Friday night or Saturday night we couldn't get it we had to put it on a Monday night you know that kind of stuff <laughs> um, but then you know uh, then they had this wonderful idea of bringing in the superstars and of course the next minute my brother turns up the Hulkster's here you know, yeah. hey brother how are you brother you know all this kind of stuff <laughs> And suddenly he was the king, you know, and he brought in, in all his team, which you, you know about all those guys, which helped. It certainly helped, you know. The, what we did notice, what we were trying to do was trying to bring in a new audience. Um, we knew that the wrestling fraternity, affectionados are going to turn up, but what we tried to do, and we struggled with it for years, was try to bring in kind of a younger elements who of those old guys have been watching it for years and years we wanted their kids we wanted their sons to turn up and all that and it never really happened although at the last the last two years or so they the audience did change there was a lot more kind of students and things and there seemed to be a lot of asian guys young asian guys around who seemed to take it on you know they're and i always thought that their kind of production was pretty good there's some really good guys behind it um, the end of the day, what happened? The money ran out. <laughs> yeah. So, with, so obviously, so I seem to recall, so obviously, what, what their Wembley show used. To, in fact, their UK tour used to be their yeah. biggest business of the entire absolutely. year. No, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And obviously, there was argument that they should film more stuff over here because it made their product major league yeah. in America. Well, of course, that was the whole. The whole problem is was the filming. So, the last three or four tours, they decided to shoot a month's TV program yeah. at, the, at each venue. Uh, and a lot of the fans, they, they didn't like it. It affected the flow of the show. Correct. They didn't yeah. mind being having their faces on TV and all that stuff, but it did affect, the, it did. It did definitely affect it. And it was, it was kind of a much slower, and if something went wrong, they had to redo it again and all yeah. that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, but... Personally, I think the production values are pretty good. They were as good as anything else that was going on because I think WWE at the time were just kind of floating around. They weren't really doing anything that interesting, you know. Um, but as I think once once that Hulk Hogan era disappeared, they didn't seem to they couldn't seem to find the guys who would who were meaningful, who would mean anything, you know, to the average fan. So they, they then, they had to go back to the indie scene in America to find the guys to fill the spaces. Yeah. And it gradually, um, again, against my advice, the promoters still wanted, insisted of 
Wembley, Birmingham, Glasgow. He didn't want to be seen just as an ordinary wrestling company. So were you suggesting they downsized yes, that? Yes, absolutely. But he didn't want to do it. And would this be the last year or the year? Because I know the year, cause of the year prior, the attendances were down yeah. from the last, the very last time. Yeah, well, two year, that. probably two years when yeah. we, we could see. I mean, Dixie herself wanted us to downside. But at the end of the day, the money was there. The guy, it was, you know, the company paid up. We did the right deal. Uh, and But the, the return wasn't there at the end of the day. You know? Yeah. And then more and more of it, there's a, this lashback about TV shooting and that didn't help the live, you know, that whole live story. Merchandising and all that was still good. You know, it was probably £10 a head for everybody. It turns out everybody bought something, you know. Uh, and how, what's that comparable to a WWF event? What would you be looking at? Well, for, uh, for, for, for general merchandise, it's great compared to most music. Yeah. But against WWE, it was probably, I don't know, maybe with the World Wrestling Federation, uh, World Entertainment, sorry, maybe £15 a head. We were doing seven or eight, something like that. Yeah. Not so terrible, is it? But <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was the story. Um, and then... Um, and, you, and you still work with TNA to this yeah. day, don't well, you? Well, we, we... When um, Jeff obviously set up this... When it all... When the Dixie Carter and Serge and all those guys, when the money kind of ran out I suppose I don't quite know even now the ins and outs of it what happened uh, they weren't being funded by the family because by then we we were on TV we'd sold it into um, South Africa we sold it into India it was Australia um, for some meaningful money but when it came to the renewals of those contracts there was no money there on the TV shooting you know so although we provided them over the years with most of their income the American market, um, live-wise, certainly never took off. I think, other than maybe Slammiversary, which you know was the main their main event, it never took off. Um, they and then suddenly we were hearing that we knew there was it wasn't you know the rumours weren't good, and the, the Carter family decided, or Panda Energy decided, we've had enough. And there was all these kind of rumours about Dixie and, um, um, you know, she still thought she was running the thing. And then suddenly Jeff Jarrett appeared as the man, you know, and he had these fantastic, ambitious ideas to bring it back as a big item. And then it all just collapsed. I don't know whether they're still fighting each other. I've got no idea. The company that we deal with now is a company called Anthem. Anthem are the owners of the brand, uh, and it's and they they brought in a couple of guys who are well known in the scene, and they're currently running it. And they expect, you know, we we're TV the TV we're still negotiating for a meaningful TV outlet. I think they've they've got a few executives who are kind of um, trying to get them onto mainstream TV. Um, and it's still in negotiation. They, they decide, Jeff, as you know, Jeff is fighting them. He, you know, there's some kind of legal action going on because he's still a minority shareholder, I believe. So is Dixie. I think they both are minority shareholders. I have to be careful what I say. I'm not yeah. 100% <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. <clears throat> but we, we are, we're trying to bring them back to 
getting it into the mainstream world. You know? And of course, now, if we talk about today, um, Jeff Jarrett is now as a, as a kind of freelance and he's working with all these other companies, you know, the Mexican, uh, Mexican company, which he, you know, he expects to become big over here. I don't know whether they will do, I'm not quite sure. Lucha Underground. Underground, Lucha Underground, yeah. Yeah, yeah he represents them. Okay. He's trying to get them to, to bring the guys over here, which might work, I don't really know. Yeah. I mean, as far as Lucha are concerned, the only the ones that I think are fantastic, two companies, besides your own, of course, there's <laughs> two companies that I've looked at and watched at. One is um, Lucha Britannia, who I think is great fun, brilliant, and Eve. We have Eve, Eve. Um, I think they, what those girls show they put on is absolutely brilliant. I saw what you, your call a few months ago. I thought they were really brilliant show. It was great, yeah. Yeah, it was really good, really oh, good. good. You know, that's what I think. Uh, so this brings us up to the world of WOSW, World of Sport Wrestling. So as you know, um, uh, New Year's New Year's Day, 2018, or was it 2017? I can't remember. Seven, I think, 2017, yeah, 2017, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, okay, well, you know, suddenly ITV, I've resurrected the brand and they did this uh, show, their kind of pilot show as they called it, and uh, in, um, in, Ma in uh, Manchester, in Salford. I uh, went up there and they spent a lot of time, besides, besides the actual action in the ring, it was a, also a history of British wrestling going back to those good old days that people still love and talk about, you know, the big daddies and McManus and all that kind of stuff. They did their pilot. Um, it was a bit, to me, I always thought it was a bit odd to put it out on New Year's Day. But anyway, that's what, that's what happened. They did the show. And I think the general consensus that it was pretty good. So, it, so were you at, you were at the show? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. And yeah. Were, you, were you involved with it at all? Or were you just there? I was just there. I don't, I, I, I don't think there was any merchants. I think we did some like foam hands and bits, yeah. scarves and bits and pieces like that, you know. Yeah, and would that have just been to, to give out to the yeah, crowd rather than? Yeah, they gave them yeah. out. Yeah, they just yeah. gave it out. Uh, there might have been a, I think that's, that's all there was, you know. There was a, um, the audience were a mixture of the old timers who watched World of Sport originally. There's a few old ladies planted around the place, you know, but generally it was just, um, there, there was quite, they, actually the demand, there was a hell of a demand. So they had to put together uh, a kind of annex where there, all these people who didn't get their tickets in the ballot or whatever it was. I remember, but yeah. They so were sitting outside. Cause it was, it was, yeah, because it was like a traditional TV taping, yeah, wasn't it, where you right. give away more tickets than correct, you have, but correct, like, they weren't expecting no, they all the, the wrestling up. fans to watch. No, they all turned up, and the people outside, you know, they were sitting, they were happy, they just watched it, you know, on screen. Oh, they moaned about happening. it on the internet afterwards. Of course, I'm sure they did. <laughs> well, there was only, listen, it was a studio that hold 500 people, yeah. you know, and if a thousand people turn up, the fact that they actually were there on the day, you know, uh, and probably a lot of them came from dist a long distance to see it. Um, the, obviously there was a lot, a lot of it was, a lot of the, the show was based on nostalgia. Um, and that, as far as we were concerned, I thought it was good, it was great, and that was, that was it. It was a one-off, you know, it was a one-off thing. And then 
uh, a year or so later, uh, we had a we had a call from ITV who tells us about their ambition to create WSW with the new stars of today. You know, a lot of these guys we know, we've seen them around. You know, that whole scene. So they 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 um, put together uh, the roster. They got some good guy. Alex was involved, um, and. You know, the referee with Linsky and all that. Guy. Can I ask you a question about yeah. Steve Linsky? Yeah. Um, I saw you were selling some Steve Linsky t-shirts. Well, were we? Did you sell any? Just out of interest. Did we sell any Steve Linsky? I don't remember. Oh, probably not. That's maybe what he was telling everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Steve. Dean. <laughs> Dean. I don't know why Dean's not in here, by the way. Dean. We've got Did a we, question. Here's a question for you. You know about these things. This is Dean. Hello. Known as known as the Genesis. Not anymore. Not anymore. X Genesis. Yeah. Okay. So Dean, Here's the story is uh, Steve Linsky was producing T-shirts for World of Sport Wrestling. World of Sport Wrestling. Were they through event merchandising or not? Yes. We saw them on the website. Yeah. Oh, there oh, was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. okay. And how many did you sell? One. <laughs> okay. He oh, bought it himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was about, we did about 3,000. <laughs> that, that downstairs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, few. Yeah, the design got taken off, but it's going back on again after some issues with it. Oh, few. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, anyone, well, anyone wanted their Steve Linsky t shirt? Why not? You know, it's, why it's, not? It's, why not? Yeah. No, there's no reason. Him. Yeah, me. We, we love Steve. Yeah. No, there's, Steve no, there's no reason why. Because uh, when, when uh, the guy from. Uh, uh, TNA, uh, the father and son wrestling referee team. Oh, Brian and El Hebner. Brian, we did an yeah. El Hebner t-shirt. We, we looked like a bit like a he, um, a jailbreaker shirt. It had like jails. Well, it was uh, referee stripes. Referee stripes. Yeah. Uh, and he signed them all. Um, again, it was a massive hit. I think we sold 10. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, excellent. So this brings us today, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, we um, we are one of the owners of World of Sport Wrestling. There's another company called RDA who are responsible for TV sales. They've a guy called Richard De Richard Dennis has got. I brought him in many many years ago to handle TV sales around the world for um, WWE WWF, and he had a brilliant years he sold it everywhere you know uh, we then when after his association with that company um, stopped we brought him in to handle TNA and he's he um, sold TNA around the world um, with some success I mean like India for instance went you know paid a, one of the major TV companies bought it into it paid a lot of money for it etc so now Richard RDA a uh, are back in the scene and their job is to sell WWSW. Um, we again, um, as you know, we've announced a, a tour, modest sized tour, which um, starts in January 2019. And you, all you have to do, look on, everybody knows the dates anyway. And we, we think that the um, production that took place in, in Norwich in, I think it was May, wasn't it? Was it May? Uh, where they shot uh, basically 10 episodes over a weekend. It's as good as anything that's around, basically. 
I know there's always people moaning about uh, certain camera angles aren't right, but we've created some stars. The audience, uh, the audience open very, very strong, very strong, way ahead of anything else that's ever been seen in this country as far as the audience is concerned. Um, the one drawback was that we launched it at the beginning of the kids' summer holidays. You know, so in other words, we could see we knew this was going to happen. We could see a definite drop in audience during July, late July and August, and it didn't it hasn't gone down. It didn't. Well, it didn't go down to any kind of catastrophic uh, viewers. And now, since the end of the school holidays, the audience have come right back again. And as well as we know, as well as that five o'clock spot, which was kind of the iconic world of sport wrestling time schedule on a five, five, five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, uh, they then uh, put on a Sunday morning ITV, Sunday morning show, 10.30 to 11.30, or was it 11.30 to 12.30, whatever it was. Uh, then they, they um, added a late night show on Saturday night which again bought a different audience. So, so people coming in from the pub. Correct, that's the <laughs> idea. Yeah. And it worked, you know, it worked. So we we, we think we've built a, a fan base, but obviously the proof is in the pudding when we start touring in January, in January and February. We'll see. We're excited. We think that uh, there is a... The fact that we're on ITV1 you know, mean something. I mean, it's the best advert you can get for for a wrestling show. Exactly. Isn't it? I mean, and also, of course, you you can get hundreds of thousands of casual viewers. People are just put on the television. And it's on. Whether they stick with it, it's up to them. Or whether they don't, you know, it's another story. But to get ITV, ITV, the 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 company or the ITV production, the guys behind it, is one particular guy, director there who's very excited about wrestling. He loves it personally, so that always helps, you know. Because you can always, often, quite often, you talk to TV execs and they've got no idea or they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Luckily enough, the guy at ITV loves wrestling, you know, and he can see the potential. So we have to build some, some stars that transgress wrestling, you know. I was, I'm, I'm looking for a scandal. <laughs> oh, I could give you a few. Well, I we, think. Yeah. Well, we, said, like, we always said, like back in the day, like, I, like, like, I remember joking, like so around mid two thousands, and yeah. saying like if the if the newspapers knew the kind of stuff that went on, like after shows, I'm sure it's you've disgusting. seen a lot with the tours. And I haven't like, seen nothing. It'd be uh, yeah. <laughs> it'd be like front page news, and they'd, exactly. they'd forget about football, wouldn't exactly. they? In a second. That's so, what uh, we want. <laughs> we need to get on the front pages. We need to find a scandal. Well, if you want a scandal, speak to Steve Linsky. Oh, he's got loads. <laughs> he's got loads. He did a two-hour special for our podcast. Did he? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. He's, he prefers not to talk about it. Well, I don't. I'm not, I, listen, I've got to be a little bit... Be careful what I say, as you've noticed. Uh, you have been time. very, but you've been, yeah. uh, I think you've not grasped anyone up. Have <laughs> no, you? So, so we need, we, you know, that is the story to get to try to transform the scene into kind of front page. I mean, Love Island and um, Celebrity Big Brother and Celebrity How, I mean, they're there. They're, that crap program and all that stuff is front pages, you know. Yeah. And there was that other thing about um, these old, these. Uh, ladies who were stuck in a house in an island in Greece somewhere. That was from, uh, what's that thing called? Um, 
it was on ITV. That was front page news. Okay. <laughs> why isn't wrestling? Why, yeah, aren't we, yeah. why aren't we on Good Morning Britain? Yeah. I've been asking that question for a long well, while now. You know, so, well, yeah. you know, we got a champion. He's great. In fact, uh, one thing that did impress me, when we had a panel at Mediacom, for the four guys, we, I don't know if you saw it, there was... Um, oh, we had a show going on at the same time. Yeah, well, so, okay. Yeah. The four guys who are at Mediacom, the four of the guys... Nathan mate, Cruz, going, size, Sorry? Nathan Yeah. Size of, yeah. Uh, who else is there? Robbie X. Robbie X, yeah. And, um, and so Calval and uh, they were great. They were interviewed. They were precise. They knew what they're talking about. They didn't talk a load of rubbish, you know. And these guys are need to be seen into a wider world. We did a good panel at MediaCon, didn't we? We yeah, did a great one, yeah. 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 But I was very impressed with those guys, the way that because you know they had something to say. It wasn't only about wrestling, you know, but they had something to say. And they were yeah, I think good. I think that's the thing. That's a misconception, isn't it? I think wrestlers and wrestling personalities are a lot more articulate than you no, perhaps absolutely. give them credit for. And absolutely. I think when you can start to tell that story, that's when you start to to sell tickets and resonate with the audience. No, it's amazing because my my insurance broker, who I've known for years, he's very very kind of straight up. He once said to me, "Do I know such and such?" I said, no, who is he? Why, you, know, you must know him. I said to Dean, do you know, don't say his name. It turns out it was this guy's son, <laughs> who was the son of a very kind of prominent insurance broker. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, really? He, he works for you. So, oh, I know him, yeah. So, oh, you know, yeah, he's one of our, yeah, he trained him how to wrestle. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Chislet. Chislet. Lord Gideon Grave. You're just broken case yes. Dave now. That's no, like no. Lord, Lord, Lord Gideon Grave, right? Yeah. The son of a, who, who, he's yeah. a very, a very nice guy, you know. Sure. He's a hell of a wrestler as well, Lord Gideon. He Grey. is, yeah. Is he? Well, he really is. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps we should yeah. give him a chance. I think you should. <laughs> I think yeah. you should. Yeah. So um, we, we, um, ITV are next week. By the way, IT, um, there is the biggest um, fair in Europe, which is for licensing and merchandising. So everybody from the whole of Europe turn up to look at, um, to meet with people who own licenses, and ITV will, will be presenting WOSW as part of their unit, part so of all their other stuff. So will that be with aim of getting it international deals or no, other aim, deals within the UK? The aim is to get product sold to companies that sell into the stores oh okay nothing to do with yeah. the live events nothing to do with the live so we events. might get a steve linsky action figure turn up in smiths please god <laughs> <laughs> that would be the day <laughs> none of us to the end of that would we yeah right yeah, yeah. so that they they've taken it on they're going to present it to all these companies and they come from all over the, all over the world basically and there might be some take-up you don't know and there might be no take-up but so the, the itv are taking it very seriously we Hope they're going to recommission another uh, another series because um, you can always do one, but you learn by your mistakes. And if you can improve something and you can bring out these characters that need to get into the front page of the newspapers, which is always, you know, why haven't they? Why haven't they been on Good Morning Breakfast or or, or any of those shows? You know, the guy. I, like I remember they for the, the first one they did they did get on quite a lot of the shows but it yeah. was presented in stereotypical wrestling yeah. terms yeah. rather than they like pushed each other over weren't they yeah, yeah. In, yeah. Their, in their yeah. outfits and yeah. you know it, it, 
in it's kind of just playing into the, the nation stereotypes. Yeah. I think it, whilst it plays into those stereotypes, sure. it's going to have a trouble I mean, to. Yeah, I mean, you're a promoter. You know, you're, you know your demographics. You know where you can go and where you can't go, and you know how many tickets roughly you're going to sell every week. And I'm sure a lot of it is just loyal fans that turn in every event that you do, you put on, because they associate with some of these guys. So, but we're trying to trying to turn it into a wider audience which is not going to be easy uh, but we're giving it a crack really and uh, we we haven't it's, it's funny as a company we we have not really been uh, approached by many of the of the indie scenes if whether we got any ideas from except for the only other company the only company was at, um, five star who um, decided to take the world on. I'm not sure whose money he spent, but anyway, there was a lot of money spent there, and that kind of became a, became a disaster. But we don't really, other than Dean, who lives, you know, he knows what's going on more than anybody, we don't really get involved with what, what else is happening around. Maybe we should. What do you think? Come and talk to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe we, we should. Fantastic products. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, just... Whether this is your world or not, what, what is your, what's your thoughts about the European scene? I mean, in I'm sure some of your guys go to Germany or France or absolutely, and I think it's it's still in existence. Um, yeah. But I think uh, we were actually discussing on the way up, weren't we, about because I've been involved for a lot of years now, and we used to work with a program <coughs> called NWE, which. Uh, um, um, the joke was we'd do how like so we did a show in Madrid which had 15,000 people really? and uh, and like it was when Ultimate Warrior so obviously when he was oh, doing yeah. like, when he they, his comeback tour yeah. um, and he did another wrestling match in Barcelona against 17,000 people at that um, but they would ride the wave of um, of the ta of, of the, the, the momentum of so in, in Italy in Spain yeah. wrestling was hot yeah. they'd ride that wave and then never go back because they'd, bur they'd essentially burn the market oh, because right. uh, okay. the shows they put on weren't really very good no. um, aside from having the big names there um, I believe there's still a scene everywhere and, yeah. and I believe that there's still the same first for professional wrestling but I think that it in a lot of places it <coughs> has to be built back up and yeah. as long as you have that um as long as you have that mindset, you're not going to go into, like, for example, you're not going to go into the equivalent of Wembley in Italy no, and, and sell no, out, but you no. might do a 500, 1,000 seat yeah, building and, yeah. and find success. Because there was a scene, my, my, I have a younger brother who lives in, he lives in Florence, you know, and I, I remember we went to Italy in those days and they, they sold out everything, but I've asked him and he, he, he kind of searches around to see if it's on TV out there and he said there was one time when there was a, a resurgence, a lot of interest. Yeah, that would have been NWE who... Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, they had like Rikishi, like all the all the yeah. big all the big names from the, the WWF who were available at the time yeah. were involved with the promotion. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they marketed a lot of shows as <laughs> WWF shows, sure which got did. them in some trouble. I'm sure <laughs> they did. Is there anything else you want to say to me? Um, I have a question as well, which I forgot to ask yes. when we were talking about the WWF stuff. Yeah. Um, when, so in, would it be 92 when Simon Cowell got involved and released uh, Slam Jam, the WWF oh. wrestlers releasing songs and they were on top of the pops? Right. Okay. Would you have been involved in any of that? Yeah, so here's, here's the story. We, they asked, they produced, they wanted to release an EP uh, of all the entrance music. And uh, I took it to to a lot of the major companies uh, and various independent companies who I knew were pretty good at getting this stuff out and they all thought I was absolutely out of my mind mad anyway 
So we took it to, um, I think it was Polydor or Phonogram, I'm not quite sure which, what the label was, and got introduced to the A&R department, who, was, who at that time was running on the back of a success, success I think, this, I, I might be wrong or might be right, but the song was called The Birdie Song. And the Birdie song was uh, a major, major hit. And it, people still do the dance, and da 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 and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the guy running the the the, the, the guy running that department in non non music product unusual was a bloke called Simon Cow. Um, so we took took the um, the idea to him. He knew about world wrestling, and he knew about the appeal of wrestling, etc. Uh, they they did a they did a master. They produced <coughs> the actual entrance music, etc. The cover was great and all that. But by, by the way, in America, they already they did have an album out. Remember uh, Vince McMahon dancing yeah, to Pile Driver? Yeah, I think I've still got it yeah. somewhere. But there was there, there was an album out which was very successful. They wanted to reproduce here. Anyway, he took it and he took it to their. His job, his as I said, his job was not straight ahead music. It was kind of quirky, different Christmas type things, you know, that kind of stuff at that time. And so he took it on. He produced an EP, and um, it was re released round about Christmas. I'm not sure what was it, ninety two or ninety three? I think it was ninety two, ninety three, <coughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. And uh, it became a major hit. It was like. Number two or three in the charts, yeah. which was unbelievable. So I remember seeing the wrestlers on top of the pops. Yeah. So I mean, that was unbelievable, and that was pre. It was well after um, Cindy Lauper and her kind of. Yeah, and, and did that lead? And obviously, um, did that lead to a big increase in the merchandise when they? Because I'm interested to know if if them appearing, for example, on top of the pops Absolutely. made them stars Absolutely. outside of the wrestling world. Well, I'm sure all the retailers, especially Christmas time, all the retailers. Had an absolute boom time, you know, boom, and their their jobs were, you know, the calendar company, for instance, who at the time were a pretty small time company, uh, boomed on the back of World Wrestling Federation calendar around Christmas time. There was a company that was set up that did bedspreads, you know, kids bedspreads. They produced the rain, and I, I still see the father of the guys who run it now, because I did a deal with that guy, and he said that we, that set us up. That set us up as a major company selling into retail. You know, the um, um, the kind of figure company by then, I think, I think, it, I think Jack's, um, at that time, I don't know whether Jack's had the license, but he went over to Hasbro, you know, and that was in every single shop. And then, the range there was the imitation belts, which every kid wanted. There was the rings. There was uh, endless connotations of the same fit, same things, and I'm sure there's hundreds of collectors. Yeah, massive was the sticker books. Yeah. I'm sure there's hundreds of collectors today that still got boxes of this stuff in their loft. Yeah. Have they? You're one of them. Yeah, don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got plenty of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there are hundreds of yeah. them. You know. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I discovered um, there's a company out in, um, there's one company, it's in Swansea, I think they do online wrestling merchandise. I saw them at a thing called Comic-Con uh, a few months ago. I could not believe the range of WWE product this guy had in his store. I mean, it was massive, you know. 
I don't know if you know who they are, but I think they're down in Wales somewhere. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cards and Mask, wasn't it? Yeah, Toys and Mask. Task and Mask, that's it. The range was huge, you know. And then I I noticed that Dean pointed me out to a company that set up in, is it Waltham Cross? Um, Some other, who do, they... He, he invites quite a lot of the wrestlers to come over and do meet and greets and um, um, that thing. He's got a massive store. I'm going to go down and see him, see what that's all about. And probably they've all taken over that space since the demise of Toys R Us. Yeah. So that is an, em- an empty space that suddenly appeared. What's the name of the company in Waltham Cross, Dean? Waltham Cross. That you sent me the information about. Oh, the memorabilia store. Yeah. 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 Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. So well, there's another one. You know. Um, so it. I don't think. Uh, probably eighty percent of the business with WWE product is now done online. I'm sure it is. You know, it's an online business, as with as with a lot of other companies. But I suppose there's still these niche stores around, that. Uh, still has a following. I guess ultimately people still do like to be able to yeah. feel that physical well, product you, in their hand. You, you come from Portsmouth, so I know um, A, merchandise, They have they still got a store down there? Yeah, they've got a store, but it's quite closed. You can't really, yeah, yeah, you would know it was we, there, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, sort of right? in, it's, in, it's on the high street. Is it? But it's sort of, you've got, got some stairs and there's no signage or anything. Oh, really? I, I yeah, think, it's quite I, private, yeah. I think, like, yeah, the majority of the business is online. Well, it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's got a, a fantastic range and yeah. collection. yeah. So, yeah. But he's been in business a long, long time. You know, we used to have battles with him because we we, we would sell a T-shirt for twenty quid, and he'd have it in his collection for, for fifteen. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like that. He even pirated one of our shows once. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, whether it was whether it was him or somebody else, I don't yeah. know. But, so, um, but that was in the days of Impact, and he's kind of moved over a lot to World Wrestling Entertainment now. But you know. We don't hold anything against him. It was just a, you know, it was a battle. Yeah, competing in the same market space. Yeah, it yeah. was a market. You know, and you, you, if you set out, set your stall out at a level, you don't. It, you know, the worst thing is to find somebody else undercutting you. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you got any more questions, Andrew? Oh. No, I think I think we've covered a lot today. Martin. Yeah, we have. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for your time. Yeah, very um, grateful. Like Martin, how? Just before we close, yeah. how would you like to be remembered? Uh, like, for example. I, like for me, like I, I feel that um, you're a man who's been pretty much an un, unsung hero That's in terms of say. professional wrestling. That's what they say. And I think that um, for many people, the media con being in, into the yeah. Hall of Fame and you did a lot of media associated around that, I think that yeah. opened a lot of it people's did. eyes as to what you've done. Um, so if you could, you know, if you could be well, remembered in any way, how would it be? I'm not gone yet. That's the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, well, obviously, there's still, there's still the memories point, to make. But. The point is. Um, I've always, you know, I've always liked the action. I've always liked the characters. That's the main thing. And I've always liked the the fans. I thought the fans of wrestling were absolutely fantastic. And the fact that, um, as you say, probably an unsung hero. I've never considered myself a hero. I just considered myself a businessman at the end of the day. And we did some great things to the world of wrestling, without any doubt, you know, commercially, anyway. Um, we put a lot of the companies onto a different footing, whether it's me as a third-party agent or somebody that's something that we've done. Uh, and uh, it's, it's nice to be recognised. In fact, I was, when I was 
asked by Paul Benson for Mediacom to be in that kind of Hall of Fame. I mean, Dean here got he he couldn't believe it. He was so excited for me. To me, I didn't you know it didn't excite me too much until I went to Wembley. Where, uh, sorry, when I was in Manchester, and. Um, um, I don't whether they the people there applauded me. I don't think they did. I think they applauded the suit. <laughs> <laughs> and I came out wearing that suit. I think that's what people want. And it it's quite interesting because the amount of people that came over and said, "Can I try on the jacket? Can I have a picture taken?" I said, "Yeah, put it on." The... I was an idiot. I should charge everybody a tenner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. so so what's going to happen now? This suit, which you're looking at now, is going to go on a world tour. And people will um, see it. Yeah, it's probably unique in the world. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah. It's a great suit. Yeah. And of course, what is unique for me is that the manufacturer of it was Christian Dior. Oh, really? Who, a legend in fashion. Luckily for him, he's dead. Because if he had seen what we did to his suit, <laughs> he would not have been happy. So yeah. that's the story. And listen, I've always, I, you know. You know, I've always, I've always had this buzz of, about wrestling. I think it's one of the great entertainment. And, and what also gave me a great, even a bigger buzz is when I went to Eve, uh, which I thought was a fantastic show, you know. And of course, the girls today, and not like the girls that used to be into it, it's, uh, they're really into it, you know. They put all their effort into putting on a great show. Yeah, they're really trained pros now, yeah. aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I really don't know the ins and outs of it. All I'm saying, I'm just as a, as a kind of, obviously seen the girls wrestling over the years, but there was nothing like that professionalism that that, that lot were doing, you know, that's what I thought. You know. Oh, excellent. And, and the other thing, you know, Lucha Britannia, that, um, it puts on an amazing atmosphere in that very small venue there and all those and all the the fans there they probably go to every every week you know city boys and all that all with their masks on and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, i just think you know it will never die it has its highs and lows and uh we're pleased to be part of it well, thank you, Martin. That's awesome. Even thank made you. some money, yeah, <laughs> and made lots of other people money as well. Yeah, we made. Yeah, that so. is true. That is true. Yeah. You know, and I, I just got to, you know, the, Jeremy, my son, who you met earlier, you know, he's he's into it in a big way here, and of course, the office, they don't really have much to do with it, you know, but they can see the business that's there, and that's it. So all we do is wait for the next Rolling Stones tour. <laughs> <laughs> or the comeback of the Sex Pistol. That's great. Well, that, yeah. um, so to close, have you got anything you'd like to plug at all just uh, before we go? Well, it's very simple. We want WOSW to be a great touring entity. We want ITV to recommission the show for next year. Uh, the dates are very easy to find. All you have to do is go online. They're on sale. Uh, the sales have started off very strongly. Um, we're in uh, a quiet period of the calendar, end of January, February. Uh, hopefully the weather's kind to us. It always has been in the past, but you never know. And we want to build that brand up again. We want that to become the biggest brand the country's got. 
all due respects to your company. Second biggest brand second the company's got. We, yeah. We'll go with that one. We'll go, we'll go with the second that. biggest We can be joint number one. It's joint, up to you. Joint one. We can, well, listen, there's space for everybody. Everybody's got their own fans, you know. We, we, um, it's the same story in a way, really. How can there be one company in the world monopolising major wrestling scenes? It just doesn't add up. How can there just be one company? And when you read the press, you know, the, the, the fans, the affectionates, they all say it's tired, World Wrestling Federation's tired, World Wrestling Entertainment's tired, it's the same old stuff, they don't put in the efforts, uh, they don't put in the effort that they used to, you know, the shows are tired, the guys are tired, but nevertheless, they still do the business, you know, and there's no one to touch them. There has to be a revolution. Yeah. Great point. Or a revolution pro. Well, exactly. Yeah, there know. has to be a revolution. <laughs> Cool. I'm hungry, are you? Uh, very. Yeah, very hungry. Come on, you thank that's... you very much. No, we've got to go have something to eat. I'm fucking starved. <laughs> <laughs> thank <laughs> Thanks, you again, Martin. Martin. That was incredible. Cheers. Thank you. Wow, so there we have it. Part two of the interview with Martin Goldsmith. And well, like, um, I think some people might not give this half of the interview enough um, credence. In, like, do you know what I mean? Like, so we've all grown up WF fans, so we loved, or at least I did, I loved hearing all the tales of the WF tours and how it all came about. We did, get, we did get the Simon Cowell story in though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, that was good. But we also, um, well, I, just I, I found, <laughs> just as we, we can come back to that. That was good. Uh, excellent. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, uh, that, that was the stuff, that second half, that's part two of the interview, sorry, was just as interesting as part one. I'm sure you'd agree. And yes, that was a great story about Simon Cowell. Um, so uh, I think that, uh, yeah, what I think is the most interesting thing about it is that he's really been a consistent presence within that. Obviously, you know, he spoke about the time after WWE and when he wasn't really in involved. Although he kind of was, you know, Jimmy Hart, XWF, that was all interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and a bit of an eye-opener and a good reminder of all the stuff which has kind of gone on as well. Um, but, like, despite the fact that, you know, after that period of not uh, of no longer working with WWF, um, he he still remained a, a very influential part and like hearing that it was himself um i, I assume it was anyway he, he referred to we as in terms of getting rda to sell the tna programming overseas mm -hmm. um and anyone who knows tna knows that india tv deal was their lifeline essentially their uk and india tv deals were their, their main sources of income towards the end um and kept it going for probably an extra few years okay um, as and anyone knows the uk tours um knows that those UK tours that TNA ran were their biggest houses they ever drew. So um, I think it's, uh, yeah, very interesting to say the least. Um, the man responsible for both WWE and TNA's biggest houses in yeah. the UK. And thank you for our friend Ian for pointing that out yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, I assume your name's Ian anyway. His Twitter handle's at Ian. Um, so, yeah. And interesting to hear about World of Sport Wrestling as well. Obviously, yeah. he's one of the... Uh, one of the benefactors, the yeah. mystery benefactors. What, so, what storyline was that from? <laughs> I thought it was a million dollar man somewhere, surely. Who is the mystery benefactor? Of the NWO, maybe? Oh, was yeah, it? it was, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Mm. So now we know uh, Martin Goldsmith is a million dollar man. Yeah. Oh, no, it was a, was it the trillion, what was he called when he came to WCW? He was just called Ted DiBiase. No, but he was called like, either like the trillion dollar well, man think, or the nah, billion dollar nah, man. No, 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 well, uh, the power slam reported they were going to call him Billionaire Ted, oh, which is okay. obviously in relation yeah, to Ted, Ted Turner. the yeah. Billionaire Ted thing they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
I was going to say my biggest takeaway, but it's not my biggest takeaway at all. But what I was, what I thought was actually really decent, and just sort of showed, and just how much respect he had for the British scene overall was, you know, he talked about um, there wasn't, or there doesn't seem to be a wrestling show too small. Do you know what I mean? The man's promoted Wembley Stadium. He's promoted all the big arenas in the in in the world, um, and he's still. He still will talk. He still acknowledges. Sorry, he still goes to local wrestling shows. And that, and gets, still he, goes to Lucha Britannia. Yeah, gets and, in and the spirit of things. You know. And, so and uh, obviously that's a that's a small building, but it's a building which is built on atmosphere. Um, and like I think that that's one thing, you know, which is great about those Lucha Britannia shows. Um, is kind of it's it's as intimate as you can get, isn't it? Yeah. You're, you're right up next to the action. Um, and uh, and to know that he appreciates that. Is is kind of great. Isn't it's quite it? refreshing, yeah. almost, isn't There's it? There's a lot. A lot of people just dismiss it and say, "Oh, you know, it's like a, you know, dingy underground club." Yeah. You know, um, yeah. where's the production here? Yeah. You but know? but not even like just just Lucha Britannia either. You know, like I can remember when Jake the Snake in the early 2000s when he'd moved here, there was a show on at Bognor Regis. He turned up. There was only say three, four hundred people in attendance at the Leisure Centre. And he turned around and got in his car and went home because there wasn't enough people there. Really? And that's Jake the Snake, you know. So, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm not comparing the two, but that's just a story of... To Martin, it didn't matter. It was a good a good show is a good show, no matter who's there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about... And that's what I always say as well. It's about... I What always used to surprise me as well was like in the... Back in the... You know, so we've... So we, you know, we, uh, we've obviously been around these days of the internet for a long time and like the uh the uk fan forum for example um when w- when it started to sour for me because i always used to say to you do you remember i used to break news on the uk fan forum uh-huh. before i'd break it on my own website my own social media whatever that may have been yeah. i'd always put it on the uk fan forum first and then i kind of strayed away from that because i felt it just to become too negative okay um and uh i think that what would happen would be the first question would be if you, if you ran a big show like how many people are going to be how many people were there how many empty seats were there you know it wouldn't be like a, mm. was it a good show <laughs> you know they wanted to sure. it would always be like looking at kind of well there wasn't that you know there wasn't many people it wasn't there. a success was it but yeah. like how does that matter like a success is if you go as a wrestling fan Obviously, I understand being interested in the business, the economics of the side of wrestling um, is very interesting. But like, you know, as a wrestling fan, your primary primary objective of whether a show's good or not uh, is 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 good or not is if is the physical show good. Mm-hmm. You know, have you had a good time? So if if not many if not many people be in there and affects your enjoyment, then that's fine. Uh, to me, that's a fine critique. But to be like the wrestling was world class, but there wasn't many people there. Is <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like a, you know, unless that not many people being there it actually infected affected your enjoyment of the overall presentation, and then I don't think that's a very fair criticism, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so uh, that was a callback from the, the start of the episode, like all good comedians. Yep. So yeah, there we go. I think that sums it up. Certainly, yeah. Um, I'm sure that people have some questions and stuff um, but we'll be happy to answer them in a mailbag yeah oh what I want to say was uh, he t- um, we forgot to ask him about one thing that well you weren't involved in I was in a very very minimal revival point. revival yeah I made the argument that I don't even think he'd remember it because it was one like so I my memories of revival so event merchandising provided the merchandise for revival but if you remember revival um there really wasn't much merchandise there there was a rubbish t-shirt which i have 
mm-hmm. Supreme at Wrestling Alliance tour. I remember going to a party wearing that T-shirt, and I was ripped the piss out. <laughs> Good. Uh, oh, he likes wrestling. Look at that, because it was a real like it had. Who's wrestling. on it? I think it's Eddie Guerrero doing like a blurry version of oh, Eddie Guerrero right, doing yeah. something, and it says SWAT Supreme Wrestling Alliance tour. Yeah. Um, so that that was a T-shirt, and there was a program. And I remember being excited when I realized that it was produced by event merchandise because obviously I recognized it from the WWF stuff. Sure. So I remember being excited that that was associated by it. And that made the event feel like a bigger deal to me. And then there was also someone selling Dynamite Kid books as well. But I imagine, I think that was something to do with um, the power, like, well, power Slam. Yeah. Well, Dynamite Kid was there. But obviously it was SW Publishing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, which was, uh, you know, the original, the original print of that book. Um, but yeah, so uh, to me, it, it was a—I don't know. Maybe he would have remembered it, but like, I think it was a—it was a one night, <laughs> yeah, a one night thing in a whole career of huge m- moments. I think two thousand people at a leisure center in Crystal Palace wasn't <laughs> going to be the mm, sure, <laughs> you know. But it would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, just very interesting, interesting right. very interesting. Cool. And right. also, also to hear if there was any plans for, um, you know, if it did take off, if it worked for Bravo worked on Bravo and, and they wanted a, a full tour or whatever. Full if they had merchandise. Yeah, if they had anything yeah. planned. I think that would have been interesting seeing like the, the merchandise which... For Johnny Storm and Jodie Flash yeah, and like Alex a, Shane. Stuff and, which yeah. was, you know, stuff which kind of has been, you know, n- not made but you've got the drawings, you know. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but uh, we saw everything else though, didn't we? Yeah. Fantastic. Brilliant. Real Lovely treasure. Office. Treasure trove. Yeah. Of, uh, and, I, and I hope maybe we could one day go again. Yeah. Hopefully so. with a yeah. Goodie bag. Oh, I, no, a grabby I, bag. I, I, I assume, I hope Martin, or at least Dean's listening to this, big shout out, Martin gave me a lovely goodie bag of Muppets goodies. So there was a poster on the office wall. I said, oh, did you promote this, Martin? He said, yes. I said, oh, I took my son to that. He said he loved it. He said, well, let's get him a T-shirt. So I got a T-shirt, I got a mug, and I got a CD. I got nothing. And you got nothing. So uh, <laughs> I think it's because ultimately there was that underlying thing that we didn't realise where how deeply involved he was with World of Sport Wrestling, and he must have heard the... <laughs> Heard you slagging it off. <laughs> I never, I'd never do such I'm a joking. thing. I'm joking. I'm so, joking. Yeah, but you knew I loved the Muppets, so we've had that CD on all week. Actually, Martin, if you are listening, I love Rod Stewart. So if you've got anything <laughs> from him, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Um, okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Love feedback. Don't forget, we'll be back next week with another episode. Yep. As always. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Please do like, rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars, write some words, please. We need we need reviews. Um, it's amazing how many people listen to our podcast for the first time and like I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. We could do a better job of promoting it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but you can also do a good job of promoting it. We're giving it to you for free every single week and all we ask is you spread the love a little bit. Yep. So please. Please do. And cool. if you've got if you've got something horrible to say, just don't say it. Just don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. All right, guys. Well, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I'm nearly at 1,800, so I'm nearly at that 2,000 mark I want to hit before Christmas. So 200 over the next sort of 10 weeks. What's the, well, about 20 people a week, I guess. So we could do that. 20 yeah. new 20 new followers a week. Some of your comments in this episode might lead to that outrage, which leads to all the followers. So Maybe, yeah. Mm. Controversy creates Twitter there's followers. No, there's no controversy. It was uh, I know what you're referring to. It was just a joke. All right. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and me, follow me on Twitter at A Quilden. Oh, I haven't a said it yet. At Boy Simmons. Oh. You've had, you had, you had a long allotted time for your B O Y S I M M O N Z. 
Okay, and at Aquildan, A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. Andy, have you sold any more T-shirts? That's what I want to know. No. Not that I've been told. Okay, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed you've got a Brucey bonus <laughs> coming up at the end of the, the week or month or That'd whatever. The end of the month, yeah. Oh, that's probably why, isn't it? You probably have got plenty. Yeah, I'll, like, just get, I'll just get a monthly. find out at the end uh, of the month, won't you? Royalty check. report, yeah. Yeah. Um, so good luck. Mm-hmm. You can get that Pillar T-shirt. From, uh, oh, that's a good point, yeah. From progressingtees.com forward slash pillar. P-I-L-L-A-R. Cool. Cool. All right, everyone. Oh, Global Wars this weekend. Going to be Sold out. Don't need to talk about it. Yeah, we Goodbye. don't, do we? But the ring announcer wanted to, didn't they? Yeah, go on and on and on. But anyway, we've gone on and on. So All we'll right, talk guys. to you Thank you. Next Bye. week. Bye. Bye-bye.